Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Traditionally is given over to our roundtable discussion uh, where we're not joined today by Ernie Eves. The former premier is vacating somewhere, but... uh, here are our regulars, John Turley Ewart, risk management consultant specializing in capital markets with extensive experience on Bay and Wall Streets. John, good to have you on board. Good thank, afternoon. Thank you so much. And Catherine Swift, former president and CEO of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business and currently the spokesperson for Working Canadians. How's Catherine? Great, thanks. Good. You know, now that I've got your undivided attention, I'm kind of curious, just picking up on one of the talking points with our panel from last hour. Mitzi Hunter was here. Uh, she's... Uh, Obviously, a part of the Liberal government as uh, one of the few, uh, the finance critic, who is complaining about Doug Ford's latest uh, installment of addressing families with uh, autistic children in the province and saying it's woefully inadequate. And I'm just (laughs) kind of taken aback because, you know, it wasn't that long ago. Recent memory serves 2016. The liberals were being excoriated by these same families for not doing enough for their kids. Matter of fact, it looked like uh, after so many years uh, languishing, these families languished, for the Liberals to now get religion on this particular file seems a little rich to me. But uh, the kids under the Liberal plan would age out of this intensive therapy after five. And where does that leave the families holding the bag? And it's, you know, by some accounts now, up to $80,000 a year for this intensive therapy. Well, the Ford government has a sliding scale. And yes, uh, admittedly, you can top out at 140000 in terms of uh, help. But if you're making less than 55000 then the scale kind of changes, and the Liberals are still saying, well, this is woefully inadequate, and in the NDP as well in the legislature today. Doug Ford promises to consult with the families, and uh, he wants to listen to their stories. He's made it a priority, to his credit. But what does this all say, John Turley, you were, in terms of uh, both governments being excoriated by the families for not doing enough for their kids with autism? Well, I, I think the, the, the broader message here is we ration health care in Ontario, and this is another example of it. Uh, you know, the, uh, it was interesting listening to Mitzi Hunter on my way in, you know, that she was a member of a government who uh, drove up our, our, our debt to such levels uh, in this uh, country and indeed in all of North America that our third largest expense is now interest uh, on that debt. And you have to wonder if that wasn't our third largest expense, if there'd be more money available to help children with autism. You know, this is uh, you know one of the great challenges that uh, Doug Ford has. We saw that, uh, Doug Ford also cut some of the programming to fund students, and you had students uh, in the legislature and so forth. Well, the liberals had never actually provided the funding uh, to cover all of this, and the actual number of students in our universities didn't go up. Just more people got free grants mm-hmm. without any funding behind it. So, but, you know, the, the question around the autism issue is, how do you deal with a problem where you know there's a possible solution, and that is this intensive therapy, when you don't have a big pot of money to go around to everybody? And that's really really the challenge that I think Doug Ford faces. And I do hope that he listens to what parents have to say. And importantly, over the next three or four years, uh, you know, manages to amend this program and find some kind of middle road. But I don't think he's going to make anyone happy 
it's hard to do that in a province, again, that rations health care. Right, unless we uh, somehow remediate all of the fundamentals when it comes to budgeting and, uh, you know, <laughs> having to service debt and so on and so forth, Catherine. Oh, it, exactly. And this is a perennial government issue for any government is that there is always way more demand than supply in terms of money. And as John said, the Liberals got us into a very precarious financial situation, wasted billions that, you know, many billions that we know about that could have been dedicated to better means than moving gas plants around and so on. Uh, but you know this this is a heartbreaking issue for you know every parent heart goes out to people that have such a such a big challenge and yet that there there doesn't seem to be a feasible solution without taking money from other also worthy causes and uh, i know lisa mcleod i heard her say when she first announced this policy which of course gave money to some families that were getting none that were sitting on waiting lists but nevertheless did reduce it to that minority that 25% that were getting some funding um, you know, but her her answer was, well, should I take it away from the violence against women shelters? Is that where you, is that where I should should I take it away from uh, services to refugees that are flooding into the city uh, and so on and so forth? And and those are those are very real questions. Is is where where do you want to take it from? Because everybody can justify every dollar of government spending one way or the other. Well, we know that the government has also taken it from the universities, post-secondary education. Uh, now, this you alluded to very quickly there, John, but I wanted to drill down on that because the students protesting, I guess they were students in the gallery yesterday, you know, and uh, they're shouting slurs against Doug Ford. And, you know, you can kiss my derriere and uh, calling him uh, an effing cracker and so on and so forth. I mean, and Ford had basically phrased it as a bunch of crazy Marxists, you know, who inculcate or in, uh, inhabit rather these uh, these student unions and so on and so forth. Has that been your experience in university? And if so, why is that? Why do these people gravitate to those particular institutions? Well, I, I think in terms of uh, student unions and student, when I say student union, I mean, I actually was a member of CUPE, if you can believe it. As, no. a, as a teaching assistant, I had no choice at, oh. at University of Toronto. Mm. I had to be a member of CUPE, and I was a shop steward uh, for... <laughs> <laughs> and grieved yourself. <laughs> and, you know, the interesting thing, this is when uh, Ernie East was finance minister and uh, um, Mike Harris was a premier. And, you know, the biggest thing at, at, at our union meetings was uh, free pizza. This seemed to be it. It was it was like a bunch of rent-seeking folks who were getting free dinner uh, once a week. And it always surprised me that they had little consideration for their members, and that is the, the actual students who were paying their dues. I think Doug Ford um, uh, has got it right when he's saying, we're going to look at the fees that students have to pay and make a lot of those fees to the student governing bodies, uh, you know, a, a question of the student wants to pay or not. I think that's the right thing to do. And these students, quite frankly, uh, in the legislature the other day, did Doug Ford a great service, a tremendous service, because, because they presented themselves as the kind of um, blowhard, Marxist, foul-mouthed students that you simply have to wonder, why am I paying for their education? Well, all right. Maybe it was ever thus. I don't know. Again, Catherine Swift, your experience. It wasn't ever thus. Now, mind you, I'm an oldie now, so uh, it was a long time ago I was in university, at least as a student. I've spoken at various events uh, over the years since. But uh, there's no doubt that the, the and, and we've heard of this from the Jordan Petersons, we've heard of this from so many of the, the, the very, very left-leaning environment we have where groups leaning to the left get all kinds of invitations and so on. And if you have a speaker that dares to be to the right of center, they get booed or, you know, they get somehow uh, ousted or, or uh, you know, canceled or whatever. Uh, 
so it, it is, it, that wasn't the case when I was in school, but I, it does kind of bring to mind that old adage, if you're under 30 and not a socialist, you have no heart. If you're right. over 30, not a capitalist, you have no brain. Uh, and uh, But also, the thing that struck me about the students, other than the profanity, I guess, was that their, their signs were all going free tuition. Why would, well, first of all, nothing's ever free, as we know. It's basically, I want you other people to pay for my tuition. And, of course, we all know that the data is very, very convincing that you get a university education and you're going to do better financially throughout your career than if you don't. And and uh, very few people do not recoup the investment that they make in, in university education. And, and we already, we taxpayers already pay a chunk. We don't pay all of it, but we do pay a chunk of every student's uh, tuition. So I think you're right, John. They discredited themselves. Uh, and and again, free tuition. Come on, why why should anyone else pay for that? And what the liberals put in was foolish. Was not going to people that would have would have gone to university if only they had the financing. It went to people that were already going and could afford it. Well, it was interesting because yesterday we had Merritt Stiles on, who's the NDP's uh, education critic, and she was saying because I asked about these mandatory student union fees, and uh, Doug Ford has discontinued that. He's giving students the choice if they want to participate, you know, with their own money into uh, certain programs or initiatives sponsored by the student union. Uh, She said taking that away uh, is going to beggar some of these student unions from doing all these wonderful things, uh, you know, health care and uh, other initiatives. But see, that's that's nonsense. Is it? It's total nonsense. It's nonsense for a number of reasons. First of all, many students who go to university are on their parents' health care plan. Secondly, there's nothing stopping any university itself from offering a health care insurance to its students. And thirdly, you have to wonder, what's the value of the governing bodies? If students don't see any value in it, why should they have to pay for it? It actually may make them far more accountable now and, and actually tied closer to what their students need uh, in terms of, of getting through the university quickly and getting their education. Exactly. And it, 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 why, why do these groups somehow not have to, it, do they get exempt from earning their keep when everybody else has to earn their keep? But if accountability. They're if they're offering proper services, there's no reason they shouldn't be able to track fees. But we know the skullduggery, whether it's pizzas or whether it's this Ryerson, you know, student union rep that diddled all kinds of money away on, 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 on ridiculous, you know, ridiculous things, hundreds of thousands of dollars in that case. So no, it, it, earn your keep like anybody else. And the funny thing that, that kills, that what kills me about tuition, I love it. I love it when the professors also, you know, band together with the students. One of the things that is bankrupting Ontario universities right now is unfunded liabilities in professors' pensions. <laughs> mm. This is a major financial problem. It's eating up more and more of the university budget, and very little light has been shone on that issue. But uh, so I love it when you know students say, "Give me free tuition." Well, why don't you talk to that professor, and they'll, I'm sure they'll agree not to be paid, well, or maybe not to have that very rich pension that's uh, currently being funded. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because when last year we. We had the protracted strike at York University, as well as the colleges. Uh, a lot of the argument was we want more tenured professors or full-time professors, and that's possibly because at the end of it, they get these benefits, the plus, 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 in, in terms of, you know, rather than the contract prof uh, who comes in and doesn't have that. Uh, so that's another way of addressing perhaps the way that uh, we're having to continue to subsidize these schools, maybe uh, inappropriately. I wanted to pivot to uh, the big story that's been dominating the news this week anyway, and perhaps in the foreseeable future it's uh, continuing to fester, and it has to do with 
the whole notion of this SNC-Lavalin scandal uh, being something tied into, uh, well, politics for sure, political interference, or was it done because there's, uh, you know, in Quebec, uh, this company is that important? We're going to come back and talk about that. Uh, some see it as being too big to fail. Whether there's any merit to that, we'll put to our panel here, or our uh, roundtable participants, John Turley, Ewart, and Catherine Swift, in a moment on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.